With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Crowley in for Madden. Mark is back tomorrow and then off on, well, all of next week, I believe. I'm in for him on Monday and Tuesday. I was joking with Shirtless Tom when Mark said he was going to come back and actually work tomorrow that he would want me to host today from 3 until 4, then he'd jump on from 4 until 5, and then I'd go back on from 5 until 6. Who just decides I'm coming back for a day in the middle of a vacation? Double M, that's who. He's dedicated to his craft, as is Chris Carter of DKPittsburghSports.com. He joins us right now, and before we get into the X's and O's, before we get into what the Steelers need to do to improve... I must ask you, Carter, about Juju and the Tiki Taki. What says you? I mean, I don't. I, it doesn't bother me as as much as everyone else. Uh, you know, is it something I would do? No. Is it something that I think is cool? No, it's not my thing. But I think that people are making way too much noise about this over a loss because they're, they're, they're it's like, hey, you know, instead of looking at the tape and finding answers here and there, let's blame this thing because it's real easy. Uh, meanwhile, the, those same people were like, ooh, Devin Bush, he stomped out Michigan State's logo in college. That was pretty cool. People have always liked villains, even if he was doing it in a villainous nature, which it doesn't seem like he was. He, just, he does it on the Steelers logo, too. People, people would be like, oh, you know, uh, you know that, that's really cool if they liked him. If you don't like Juju, you use this against him. If you like him, you don't care. You know, I just, I'm kind of over it. I, I don't think it's that big a deal. I like Juju. I just wish you wouldn't do it because then it gives people a reason to get after Juju. Just dance somewhere else. Dance on the 49-yard line. Dance at the 48-yard line. Dance at the 40. Uh, Don't give the Bills something to chew on there. Not that it had anything to do with the outcome of the game because it most certainly did not. But I just don't think it helps the Steelers. What, okay, so when Joey Porter called the the Colts soft before the game, was that was that horrible? And no, that's awesome. That never... That's totally different. No, that's totally different because that is psychological warfare. That is Joey Porter trying to get what? under the skin, understanding that they were soft, and then making them reveal themselves as soft. Meanwhile, Juju, he just dancing for a dilly bar out there, Mr. Schuster. So Okay, now I just caught you in the Carter counter trap because the whole point there – was that if you if you paid attention, Crowley, it did get under the skin of the Bills, and they their offense didn't score until the second half. So if anything, he should have come out before the second half and done the dance again, and then maybe the Steelers would have won. But yeah, but but that. here's it's, the thing. Here's the thing, Carter. I don't think it had anything to do with the outcome of the game. I've said it a million times. Oh. It had nothing to do with it. But when somebody tells you you're doing something disrespectful, you should just quit it because it doesn't help your team. It just doesn't help them at all. Like, why do it at all if it could give them one little nugget of damn motivation? That's it. And I like Juju. If people compare him to A.B., that's that's just crap to me. A.B., I mean, A.B.'s a criminal. I mean, that guy, he pleaded guilty, for Christ's sake, to assault. Like, he's not a good dude. I think Juju's a good dude. I just think he can at times be immature. Uh, moving on, uh, Carter, what's the biggest problem with the offense? It's a two-parter. And uh, what's the solution to getting them moving in the right direction again? 
Oh, I think part of it's getting back to the rhythm of the intermediate throws that need to happen to, to get this offense back on track. A lot of teams, uh, Adam, they're, they're coming with an approach to cover underneath and stop the run. You saw on the, on the pick six when he tried to throw it to Juju, you know, he, throw, he throws the ball and they're all over it. The play before that, the Steelers ran he, – he, Ben Roethlisberger didn't even look at the right guy. But the, they, they ran Juju underneath and then Ebron about 10 yards behind him. There were three guys sitting in zone defense in the middle of the field. All three of them went to Juju. Nobody even looked at Ebron, and he was wide open. He would have gotten like 15 and probably ran for another 10 or 20 yards after that because there was literally no one around him. Ben Roethlisberger is, has been out of his funk. I think that part of it he's not seeing that part of the field as well. Um, and, and sometimes it's a pressure thing, but most of the times, you know, he's been in a position to hit the guy there and he hasn't hit it. And for a while, like, you know, I was, you know, while I was looking at that game. I thought it was the play call. And I was like, man, Feetner, you got to call some routes to give him these isolation opportunities or to challenge the Bills in the middle of the field. But they were there when the all 22 came out. I was like, oh no, there were several shots like that. But the thing is, I don't think Ben has lost it all. It's just, you know, Hey, players go through rough stretches. I think that's all that this was. It was it was three games in twelve days. And for all the people that are like, well, teams get three games in twelve days when they have a Thursday game and two Sunday games. This was very different because the Steelers had two short weeks instead of one short week, which is normally how it works when you're doing the three games in twelve days. So intermediate passing, the first thing, and then getting when you get that intermediate passing going, and you know the catching is 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 its own thing. I think that'll come around eventually. That the run game does have to capitalize, and whoever it is—if it's James Conner, if it's Benny Snell—the offensive line has to get to opening up the holes, and they have to do win situationally. They don't need to be 150 yards per game. They just need to when you need third and one, or when you're got second and five, and you can pick up those easy yards, or when you get in the red zone and you can make it easier for Ben Roethlisberger, win situationally. You do those two things, this offense is back on track and averaging 30 points a week. Whoa, jeez! I don't think I don't think it's that easy. If it were that easy, they'd do it. They've they've struggled offensively for a little while now. Chris Carter, DKPittsburghSports.com, joining us here. Crowley filling in for Mark Madden on one of five nine. The X. You should also listen to the Locked On Steelers podcast as uh, Chris provides tremendous analysis there. Uh, I think that they can get better. There's no doubt that they can get better. They were better not all that long ago. My concern now, Chris, is I thought with the defensive injuries that they suffered that the offense would have to pick up the slack. I think we're beyond that being something that can happen. I just don't think that the offense is going to get to a dynamic level. Now I think you need the defense to pick up the slack for the offense, and they played maybe their best half football the entire season against Buffalo, but I just don't know how sustainable it is when you don't have – Devin Bush, when you don't have Bud Dupree, I still think they're a very good defense, but can you make up for the lack of uh, offensive firepower? I think the biggest thing that was missing over the last two games was Joe Hayden. Uh, when, yes. you, when you take him out of the equation, it forces Cam Sutton to go, to go out to line up outside. It puts Justin Lean out there more. And, I mean, you look at the defense. The defense really didn't let the team down the past couple weeks. You know, the one thing that you saw was Alex Smith, the, the, the touchdown pass he threw to the tight end. Justin Lane was out of position. He left his zone when he shouldn't have, and that opened up the left sideline. Um, and you saw in the second half when eventually they said, wait a second, Steven Nelson doesn't have the same kind of help 
that, that he normally does because he's kind of the CB1 role, and that's the role that Joe Hayden has, and usually he doesn't get as much safety help. That's when the Bills just adjusted to that and scored two touchdowns. But the Bills were a top-10 offense. They were, the, they were the, Going into that game, they were the number eight offense in the NFL. And if you told me that, that they were going to allow just simply two touchdowns to the number eight offense in the NFL, I would usually take that deal as long as my offense was able to, to score. And the problem has been the offense not scoring. Again, I think that these are, you know, like, like for example, people are talking about, oh, man, it's been forever since we've seen the Steelers' offense be good. I mean, the weeks before, the weeks before, the weeks before this, all the you know, craziness started. And again, this all started when when the Ravens shook up their entire schedule and they've had to move everything around. When all that before all that weirdness, they were averaging thirty points a game. I mean, and that's just it's a fact. And I think that the things that they're doing, and you see in the stretch again. Find the guys over the middle of the field that are 10, 15, 20 yards downfield. And that's not, that's not forcing Ben's arm to do anything it can't because we saw him hit those passes when he, when he tried to. Uh, I just think it's about just sitting in the film room, having a full week to look over it and then practice it and then work it with the receivers and develop that rhythm. You do that, the underneath stuff will start to open up more because it's, it's like when you, when you attack a zone defense in basketball, they're going to jump back to man. When you hit a football team deeper down the field, they'll back off the underneath stuff and, and off the run, and that will be what allows the Steelers' running game to get going. I, I always remind people, you know, people are like, well, they can't, the Steelers can't win a game if they're – you know, one of the worst rushing teams in the league. Well, when they won Super Bowl 43, they they ranked uh, 29th in yards per attempt. I, I think this is more about just being able to do it situationally, and you have to you have to open that up by hitting the guys down the field just a little bit. Not not 40 yard bombs, not 50 yard bombs. You know, streaking down the sideline, but the intermediate passes they're there, and if Ben hits them, I think it changes a lot more than people realize. It also helped in Super Bowl. 43 that year that the Steelers defended every freaking blade of grass on defense and yep. it was one of the best defenses I've ever seen. Chris Carter, DKPittsburghSports.com. Joining me here, Adam Crowley filling in for Mark Madden on 105.9 The X. Uh, what have you seen out of Alex Highsmith uh, in him in his filling in for Bud Dupree? Do you like this guy? I, I like him a lot, Adam. It, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty crazy because. You know, I, I was thinking like, oh, he'll be, he'll hold, he'll hold, the, he'll hold the, you know, the ground that he won't be a, a, a liability or anything. But when I look at him on tape, I see him dipping his shoulder at the right times. He's getting good bend. He's, you know, creating pressure. He hasn't gotten home enough. Um, and I, but he's been a hair away so many times. And I think offensive tackles, they're starting, you know, they, they're, they're going to start to realize like, hey, this dude, he's got, you know, he got, he's got talent. But I mean, he's hit the quarterback I think like four times. Over the past over the past two week two weeks, he, he I think he's had like you know maybe like six or seven pressures or some somewhere around the, the around those numbers. You know, I, I was looking at PFF a while back, but when you look at that you, and you look at the tape, you see that he can create pressure. Now he's not the X factor that Bud Dupree is, and that's what Bud Dupree was. I and mean, you, you, people forget Bud Dupree's forced fumble on Lamar Jackson in the red zone in the first Ravens game. That might have been a huge that was a huge factor in that victory. And now can Alex Highsmith come up with those? Maybe not, but he can help stop the run and create pressure on his own. I think that as this season goes on, if he continues to grow, it will be an asset to the defense. And, and the other thing is that you still got Cam Hayward and Tuit and Watt, and the three of them by themselves are still very dangerous. Um, not to mention the fact that if they this team can get back Vince Williams at some point, that will help with the interior. Um, and again, you get back Joe Hayden, you're going to free up Mike Hilton and Kim Sutton to do so much more to help those inside linebackers. Uh, you know, Alex Highsmith, 
not not playing the X factor level of Bud Dupree, but playing very solidly. And if he just increases just a little bit, it could really help this defense. And I still say that this defense is the best defense in the league when all said said and done. If uh, if Hayden, Nelson, Minka, and Terrell are all healthy with that secondary and the guys that are still available up front, this team's still the best group. Should the Steelers rest Ben Roethlisberger and other key players after they clinch the AFC North? Not against the Colts. I think that they. I think that you don't want two weeks rest. But if they get to week seventeen, and they deem, you know what, we we got either the two seed or the three seed. It doesn't really matter that much which one we get, unless there's a matchup they want to avoid. Then on that week, if if you if you're not worried about that, then you consider yes, Ben. You know, maybe Pouncey, maybe Hayward. You know, you you rest your older guys and you make sure that 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 they're that they're safe and that they have a full week of rest. Because the thing is, this team did lose its bye week, and and it lost even the long week that it was supposed to have after the Ravens game. So I do think you need to take that opportunity to get some of those guys some rest before the first playoff game. But I do also caution, I think that this team in rhythm offensively is still important. So maybe maybe if, if they don't play well offensively in these next two games, you keep them out there because, like, you know what, hey, you something's got to click before that first playoff game. So a lot of that still depends on how they perform in these next two games, Adam. But um, but I, I would consider it if they play well in these next two games and think, you know what, Ben, you have a seat. Uh, you know, you're good to go. I just need your arm and your brain ready for uh, for next week when they play in the first round. Yeah, I'd sit them down week 17. I wouldn't sit them down a second before that. Uh, Carter, very good stuff. Uh, go dance on a logo somewhere, buddy. Appreciate you coming on. Hey, man, what dance should I do, though? Uh, whatever you do, you'll dance better than I will, I would imagine, because, uh, <laughs> my God, I am horrendous. See you, buddy. See you, man.